0: And we're recording. Yeah, you know th- that's interesting. So, you know, for all the listeners, Ed and I were just talking about the incel community, and Ed's been mentioning how he's been doing research on it. But, um, yeah, like I, I actually I looked up the st- stats for this myself. Like, how many men are actually like incels, like literally can't have sex, like just like, can't get laid, basically. Like can't get laid.
1: Like, like, like. Here's my. So I actually don't know like what that number is. My whole beef with these these incel black pill dudes and, and and beef is really the wrong word for it. Cause I got nothing against them, but I guess the the fatal flaw in their thinking is that there's no, that they're not willing to look and go, okay, why am I not attracting women? Clearly uh self-improvement that like, that's like a whole ten of like the black pill incel community that, that self-improvement is worthless, and can't do anything for you. And these guys are just like, okay, well, I'm going to accept it and I'm not going to do anything because I wasn't, I'm not naturally a Chad that attracts the Stacies. That shit cracks me up, by the way. And, and, and you know what cracks me up? Because, because it started as Chad and Stacey. Mm-hmm. And then each race started getting different ones. Like, like we got Tyrones and then shit. And uh, <laughs> And I, and I think I think the Mexicans get a uh, get Rico Suaves or Enrique's or some shit like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw even ones where women started taking it. Where like it, there was well, like yeah, you know, like, you know, I don't even know where it started. honestly. like it's like the Chad and then like the Sad Virgin. Like I think everyone's seen that one at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen ones too where it's like it's women using it now. Where it's like the hot Stacy versus like the ugly Cindy. Like 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 females ran it, and now they have like their version of like I guess a Chad, um,
1: and and you know what it was, it's all symbolic of. So here's what I see when I see this. Like now, now when I, all this research I'm doing, it's it's definitely exposed me to a world that, I, I mean, I didn't even know it existed. I was trying to explain to my boy. He was like, what do you mean they can't get laid? Like, they don't like women? Like, what? But like, it, did, it didn't make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but these are guys that have resigned to it. But, but women taking on that meme, as well as guys continuing to, like, kind of play with it, and take it and expose it, or rather take it and filter it to other cultures, that tells me that there is an epidemic of people who really they, they don't understand that you're not gonna hit the genetic like like by definition. Most of us aren't gonna hit the genetic lottery. It's yeah. not gonna happen. But but that doesn't mean you can't do something. You you can do a lot to improve, I man. Especially as a as a guy, there's yeah. need a lot of room. And and you know what? I always say this. Look, in, in my in my life in my 34 years, I have only met one woman who was ugly like there was just nothing she could do like that she started out as and she wasn't and i and when I say this let me let me put some caveats here. She yeah. wasn't fat and she wasn't deformed. She was just not right in the face man and there was nothing she could do. Like like I felt for that but that's one person over my entire life most people, you know, that's why I say there's no such thing really as an unattractive girl, just one who doesn't try. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> no, yeah, like the, the, I don't know, this is funny, I mean, the incel, I mean, if you actually look up like statistics, so to speak, you run some numbers, basically. Historically, like up until, you know, like sort of the Don civilization, the majority of men didn't actually reproduce. Like most men that were born, right. this is pretty well established, like something one in 12, uh, you know, um, only one, 12 of your ancestors were men, basically. So basically, it was only the top tier guys for reproducing. Uh, and then yeah, I've been approaching sort of like the red pill stuff differently now because, I, because I've, I've tried to look at it like on a societal level. And I think that there's there's a there's a red pill, which you could say like sort of is the reality of human behaviors where there's ugly, let's just say like you know, unattractive aspects that underlie it. Yeah. But then there's also sort of like the blue pill motivations that I think kind of exists for both men and women today. And like the male version of the blue pill is that you're going to find one girl. She's going to think you're amazing. You're going to, you know, I guess be her first, you know, some bullshit like that. She's going to worship you and everything's perfect. And then you really don't have to do anything with yourself from that point on.
1: That's the key right there. Yeah.
0: yeah, That's like, that's the big thing. So it makes, it makes men, it results in men being very, very blind women, obviously. But I think there's an equivalent female version, honestly, of like the blue pill. And this is kind of like, it's kind of like a reverse situation. It's women where they're alive today and they believe just by simply existing just, just by the way, because I exist, I'm a girl and I, I have pussy. I got a vagina basically because right. I, exist, I deserve a great guy who's a Chad who's six feet tall and makes six figures and and fucks me like a porn star. And like, it's all these list of requirements, of course, And right. then that doesn't happen. And then and they also like the rest of the blue pill fucking women is like, you're going to have it all. You're going to have a career. You're going to have a family. You're going to get everything you want. And that doesn't happen. And at the same time, they're sort of encouraged to be promiscuous in the first place. And then you get, then you're able to sexual, sexualize yourself as an object. So you get women who are like in their 30s. and It's like none of the things that they were promised happened for them really at all. And now right. they're bitter at the world and they're bitter at men and they're they're just bitter with themselves in general. It's like, like women have their own delusions that they have to work with. But oh, at the same time, like, <laughs> at, least, at least compared to the men, the women were having sex. The, the guys at the bottom tier, you know, like, it's a weird situation to think about. Yeah, you know, because like we like to say that like the bar is on the floor, life's not competitive. Like, you know, it doesn't take much to stand out. But at the same time, I'm like, I really try to back up on this. I'm like, 80 percent of Americans are overweight. Like most Western countries, especially you know North America, oh, yeah, overweight people are fat. There, and you know, it, this is gonna crack you up. I'm kind of hopping around here. But one of the things I've been doing lately, just to basically like waste time and entertain myself, I've been watching Mortal Kombat 11. Gameplay videos. <laughs> now, let me. Let, I know. I know. This has a point. This has a point. Now okay. let me tell you. This game is addictive as fuck. Okay. I, I'm not even playing the game, bro. I'm not even playing the game. I'm just on YouTube watching like <laughs> Jax. I'm watching Jax fuck up Sonya, or I'm watching Raiden like you know fuck up Luke Hang. I'm like, god damn. Like I can see why this shit's so fucking addictive. Like this is like it's a it's a cool game to watch. It reminds me of playing as a little kid. And I don't own a console. I don't even have a TV. But I'm like, I know if I bought this, I'd be on this goddamn thing for hours. But anyway, so I've been watching these videos daily. It's just like my guilty pleasure. I'm like, I'm just going to watch some gameplay and like watch somebody with Kotal Kahn, like screw up somebody's tournament play. But what I've noticed in watching these videos is the guys playing these characters, like especially in these, like the gameplay tournaments, like number one, there's a whole community of gamers. The way will show up thousands of them to watch people play games, which is like mind blowing to me. So that's the first thing. The second thing, though, about half these guys playing these games, they are fat as fuck. Like, they are – That's fat. surprising. No, like, it, it, is it surprising? Not really. But, I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, these guys at these games are very accomplished. Like, it's pseudo-accomplishment. But in real life, like, they're 50 BMI. Like, they like they look like they smell. They got bitch tits. And, like, these guys are never getting laid ever. And the, the audience at these tournaments is 90 8% men and they'll be like one random girl there, you know? And, like, I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, these are probably incels, these guys. Like, but like you know, this is their life. They got nothing else to do, but, like, they're good at this one thing, but they're never going to get female attention. Like, they yeah. can't even put on a pair of pants without having their ass crack hang out.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, we were... I don't know if you remember this conversation. I'm pretty sure you were there at this point. You know, stuff starts to to blur together. But, but I was talking to Tanner... Tenor Guzzi. Yeah. And we were discussing, this actually motivated an email of mine that I sent out a little while ago, the difference between value and efficiency. Mm-hmm. And how in the modern time we have gotten those two things grossly confused. People are efficient and they think they're valuable. And this manifests in things like, you know, video games. Well, you can, or really, the whole esports kind of genre is taking off, and the whole Twitch thing. I got nothing against that. You know, when if you get to that that level where people are going to watch you play and you can like win money competitively, clearly you have dedicated a lot of time, energy, I don't know. And, and and sacrifice. I put that in air quotes, sacrifice, whatever. But but beyond that, what have you actually? Done. So you know, specialization by definition keeps you from really doing much else. but we got to remember you know if, if I specialize for example uh, for fi- in fighting for 10 years well yeah at the end of those 10 years I'll have I'll be, I'll be a great boxer but I'll also have put together a large network of business contacts. I will be in great shape. I will, have, I will have experienced very real pain and, and that has changed me. The people will be interested in what I do in mass and if I need to, I can go, go about and, and take that and leverage it and put it into some kind of community you know, service or volunteer work. The point is, you can put forth time in something that makes you valuable, that they, they, they gives you worth beyond what you do and where you put that time. If you are if you <laughs> if you're good at Mortal Kombat <laughs> and, and good enough to get paid at Mortal Kombat, then then think about the life. Look, man, I love I loved video games. I haven't played me in a while. And I, I, I thought I thought someone said to me, I mean, you gotta think about how much time it takes to get good at that. You're yeah. not doing anything else. You're not even maintaining your health, as you can see. No. Your body. You're not forming any kind of social relationships. You're probably, realistically speaking, a little bit on the spectrum. (laughs) So, like, you got this whole – I mean, this is your world. You're good Uh, at this game.
0: Yeah, 100. 100. If
1: that game is gone, you've got nothing. You've got no value. And we see this also a lot of times in the online business community. Mm -hmm. These guys are very – I mean, very good at taking parts and putting them together – and, being, and doing it efficiently and doing it in a way that you can get paid. But what have you created? You've rebranded things. You've put yourself at the intersection of the seller and the buyer so you can take a commission. And if you're really good at that, you can generate quite a, a great income. But what have you created? What have you done? You know, when, when you create your programs, mm-hmm. you're taking your experience, your life, yeah, and you're... May, putting it into a digestible format you are creating a thing or at the very least recreating if you want to be like technical about it but if i just pop an affiliate link somewhere and and i happen to enter get, get people to get go through me all i've done is i've made an efficient action if i start a drop shipping business that mean that that's i mean that that's a beautiful hustle. And dropshipping has changed God's lives. But we can't confuse the ability to make money with the ability to be valuable. That's just, that, that was, you know, what the, what the whole end result of this. Yeah. While, and I look at these guys that spend all this time playing video games. And I think, I think a lot of these dudes, a lot of these themselves guys are in the, in the community, whatever, I think they equate their efficiency at something, whether it be fucking Tetris or Mortal Kombat uh, are of Warcraft, and they think that
0: makes them valuable. They think they should get the same attention as someone who's valuable. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a good point. I, I talked about this in an article myself. This is a few weeks, probably months back, where it was talking, the article was it was written by like a millennial um, age person, and it was a woman that wrote it. And it was actually really good, but she, but she was talking about the sort of like the tyranny of small decision-making that we have to go through in our daily lives, where because we have so many access points of information available to us. We have to constantly choose between basically everything all the time, and it leads to paralysis by analysis because there's just too many things to choose from. You know, but the thing I, I've realized in like the modern world, I think, I think cripples a lot of people's thinking a lot, is that everything has been gamified. Like there's gamification has taken place in every area. So like, online dating is a game. Like you swipe, 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 swipe. oh, you know, the star came up or the match. Uh, you know, video games are obviously game and they're designed to be highly addictive. You know, Twitter is sort of like a game. There's all these incentives built into everything. Did that, that you get likes? Did you get comments? Did you get retweeted? Did you know how many people you know, followed your post? How many views did you get? So we have all these technological avenues that are constantly competing for our attention. 24-7. And then there's always those possibilities, you know, like you said, to sort of like create not create, but you can sort of make money because you can act as the middleman in between a lot of interactions. And that, that's always a very valuable place to put yourself. It can be. But you know, at the same time, if you're trying to think long-term in regards to building a business, in regards to creating, as you say, objective real value for people, that doesn't come from performing you know, sort of hyper-efficient actions and being the middleman. It comes from undergoing a steep learning curve of struggling, feeling stupid, Dealing with not knowing what to do, dealing with confusion, dealing with this being completely lost, having to get a teacher, having to practice—you know—that curve towards competency and then the curve towards mastery—that's a long curve. You know, it's, sort of, it's like a long tail, you know, and it builds up over time. You know, so like, but, you know, if someone does that, like, I—I you know, I like to think that, like, you know, the two of us have more or less done that, where we spent a large period of time overcoming things, getting good things. Now we're trying to make that digestible and give people applicable tools. Yeah, but there's basically a decade of experience that went into getting to this point in the first place. Right. If we were 20 years old right now, like, you know, there's no comparison that way. Like, oh, we're, I'm just going to do what you guys do. I'm like, you can't do what we do, not because you're not good enough to reach our level, so to speak, but what we do is contingent, dependent upon this sheer experience and practicing something.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, and putting like, that yeah. in putting that work in. That's something that, and you see this a lot, right? I say this all the time when I'm talking to people about writing and growing and producing things on Twitter. It is no coincidence. I'm convinced, right? All things considered equal. It is no coincidence that there is a correlation between follower size and thing you have done. Now I'm not talking about these YouTube vids with like, uh, some of these these comedians and shit that's that's a different thing and that, and Elvis right that's impressive, but mm-hmm. but making people laugh is on the internet is making people laugh and all that. Uh, but if you can grow a channel, I listen some of the guys I listen to have grown their channels. Uh, if you can grow a following and really monetize that, if you can get people interested in what you have what you have to say, it usually comes. Uh, behind some experience, whether well, and that experience is usually in something that many people can't or won't do. It gives you a unique perspective because they 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 recognize the challenge, and even if they don't recognize the challenge, the challenge changes you and modifies your thinking. And it, it it's easy to see. It, I I said I said a while ago. I said you know after you meet enough guys on the internet you come to realize that everyone is more or less who they present themselves to be. And that's best because, you know, you, you, you can only say things or do things for so long before we see low, I mean, you, you can't keep up the facade that long. Tom is not your friend. So anybody who's faking funk, they're going to get exposed. And, you can see that when you meet a younger guy versus an older guy, you know, and I'm not saying people are just trying to just trying to BS. That has not been my experience. But my experience has been that it, it, it takes time. It takes so much time. You, you can't, like you said, you can't wake up and decide you're going to do X, Y, Z. Like, there's a lot of people who decide, oh, I'm going to give advice. Cool. Why should I listen to you, Right. <laughs> right, people, ask, like I don't know if you had anyone in your in your real life in your personal life legitimately ask you how I can do what you do. Right, I've had this as in, in in different ways, different uh, from different people, and I'm like, well, well, you know, to do exactly what I do, you can't, and to even do roughly what I do. Well, you know, what are you working on right now? What have you been doing for the past ten years? And you don't just hop into it. You know, there's a there's a curve. There's a, a, a spark. Even even with the whole like even the dating guys, I listen to I'm a big fan of Donovan Sharp. I listen to a lot of his stuff. And the cool thing about Donovan, you, I mean, you don't realize because he's fucking black, but he's like 41, man. And that's like real life experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right now. Uh, no, I, I, I was watching one of Donovan videos this morning. He's got great of um, Radio matter, obviously. I mean we've yeah, been
1: that that's a bit yeah. But,
0: yeah, but like Dalvin, like yeah, he's been dating what for like at least twenty years basically. So he's gonna you know and been married at one point, uh-huh. right?
1: And and did the whole like lived in Vegas thing, that whole lifestyle, now in a committed relationship. Like like there's a there's there's just time served in this thing. And and you can't just you can't go get that experience one day and, and more importantly, because of how comfortable life is. A lot of people don't want to get that hard experience. It, it it's it sucks to get good enough at something to where people want to pay attention to you. That's not a pleasant, you know, to get those experiences. And anyone who says otherwise, man, they I, I can't believe that they're that good at it.
0: No, well, you know, this is one of the things I've realized: if you want to be undeniably authentic, you have to have solved hard problems. Yeah. People who have solved hard problems, people who have put themselves through challenges which are just not insurmountable but just simply require sheer will, you can't hide what that teaches you, obviously, nor can that be faked. And What I I think I see oftentimes online is people where maybe they have some goodwill and wanting to be helpful, but because they have never done anything to a high enough or hard enough level, there are areas of knowledge, expertise, experience that they simply cannot speak to. They can't because they don't know it and that reveals itself quickly because it's very easy to give sort of the superficial kind of advice. Yeah, you, know, like, you know, believe in yourself confidence. I mean these, these things are valuable but like we've the heard, platitudes, right? You know, platitudes, right? But then when you get to things that are particular, let's say, like you know dealing with human psychology, dealing with yeah you know, that, that tweet I had that went viral the other day about, you know, learning how to forgive your parents, you know, for their flaws. I'm like, you know, what made me rise to that? It was, you know, like I don't maybe a 20-year-old would be able to say that, maybe they would. You know but it, you have to t- get to a certain point of maturation just in life where you can see okay there are people who are imperfect there are people who have made mistakes the people that raised me and disappointed me I can't continue to hold that against them you know like there's certain life cycles, cycles that we go through as adults like genuinely being adults you know so where that like where that we come from yeah, that came from being a little bit older you know it came from being you know 30 and not 18. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you know, but, but then, you know, when I watched people try to build followings that are built upon, you know, like you said, the platitudinal stuff, I'm like, you're going to flame out at a certain point because you will, you'll run out of life, essentially.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really good way to put that. Isn't it? <laughs> I, always, I always say that, like, if, if I just sat in this room right now for the rest of my days, I stopped going out, I hid my face because I got Fat eating bullshit, whatever, right? Yeah, you know, I, I could probably draw from, I, I could probably draw from enough life to live it, and to, to at least remember fifty five, maybe if I save my money right and be good. But like that, one, I wouldn't do that. To the point of that is that I've you, you you have to go, you have to go, uh, gather material. And you have to bring it back so you can build something in the nest, right if you don't if you're not going out constantly retrieve material and then you decide okay, I'm gonna build this this great house, and I'm gonna have this great party, and everyone's gonna come to this party, and I'm gonna charge them ten dollars a ahead, and I'm gonna get rich off of this party, and they're all inside, and all of a sudden you realize you didn't gather enough material. To make the roof right, and that shit collapses. <laughs> you kill half your guests, and they fucking sue you. Now, not only are you broke, you know, no one's gonna take you seriously ever again. It's 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 kind of crazy how everyone gets revealed and smoked out at some point. There's like a whole big like, uh, what's the word I want? Awakening, revelation of this happening right now in our space, guys, in all areas, getting exposed, getting getting smoked out, and it's just like, man, that's crazy. I I didn't know that it was like that, but it is. But and and dude, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and be like everyone. I because I I never think about it like that. I just go, you know, we straight, whatever, man. It's like, blah, blah, right. But, but it's really interesting just, just when things come out and you see, you know, who's been this and who's been that. The worst is when you've been an asshole in somebody's DM because, like, like no one thinks about that, right? You do, how you handle yourself off screen, it's like people really think that's, like, whispering in somebody's ear, like, like no, motherfucker, like, not only can they screenshot it, they don't have to because it stays there. And so, like, one day you're going to have to answer to this or be somebody's, you know, bitch, you know, and it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna turn out too well for you.
0: I, I, I try to be more conscientious of that now. Maybe it's just because I'm hitting thirty, like I just said, thirty, and I'm, you know, making a hypocritical effort to be more mature. But I remember what you, when uh, you said. Uh, I, mean, I, remember, I remember what you said, like you know, more two years ago, about you know, everybody that you interact with online, there's another person seeing behind the screen.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, I will say, full out. I have behaved very poorly at times in telling people straight, to, straight to their face—not straight to their face, but straight out on Twitter. You know, go fuck yourself. Get fucked. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I'm very blunt about that. But I'd like to think, you know, maybe this is again, this is me trying to absolve myself of guilt. But you know, the one thing I've always been very, I'd say, kind with people is that if anyone contacts me through DM. Yeah, you know, and I've I've opened my DMs many times. Like, you know, if anyone wants to message me, message me. I'll always be helpful with people contacting me. Yeah, you know, if, if there's a problem with something in regards to yeah, you know, even like a product, like hey, I download, I I bought your thing but didn't download. He sends me here's the link right here, and I'll drop it to you. I've sent people free stuff before many times. Yeah, you know, I try to be generous with my time that way. And you know, obviously, a DM is a personal conversation, but. <laughs> Your behavior, I mean, and again, this is something that you see as you age. People's behavior and people's lives, you, you, your experience can run out. That's one. But your behavior creates consequences for you in the future that you can't always predict, and you only learn that the hard way when it happens to you. There is no other way to learn it. You know, like The consequences of behaving badly reveal themselves in the way that you don't want, in the time that you don't want, and you can't do anything about that because that is how you act Or that is what you did, so you're forced to deal with it. And some people handle that well. Some people handle that obviously poorly, or there's really no good way to handle it at all.
1: Nah, you know what? There are like there's like three tiers of of of, we'll call it the fuckery. There's like three tiers of it. One is like the lightest tier is you know you can just be like, look, man. Oops, my bad, whatever. That kind of deal. It was like, maybe, maybe you flew out of the handle real quick. Maybe, maybe you slid in the wrong person's DM. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't know. Whoops. And there we go. Level two. Level two is you, you, you got to have a real come to Jesus moment publicly and privately with whoever you pissed off. And then you got to con stew and wait for people to forget and or forgive you, usually both, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and then level three, man. Level three is I like to reserve that for people to come out to like, well, let's say hypothetically it came out that like you was in like kids or some shit. Yeah, you know, that's it, man. Like that's all she wrote goodbye Cortez like that's, that's, that's there's nothing you can really do that, like there, there are some things that are unfor- and pretty much if it's unforgivable on the internet it's going to be unforgivable in reality I mean you you could like not what were some like not where that's the case like, okay alright let's say I made a product and it was like bullshit and like I knew it was bullshit I'm not talking about like it was a bad product and I thought it was good you know mm-hmm. But, but like you ever hear that Kanye track, the poopity scoop, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> I, I put out the poopity scoop of products. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> they're just going. You know, for, people on the internet have a short memory, except when it comes to their money. If you if you mess with somebody's money, you're gonna find out how long they remember that shit, man. It ain't it ain't never going. I remember right? the 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 your profitable business blueprint. One little problem because people missed an email and they were there was like a mob. I'm like like dude, just calm down. Let me get this and handle it. But they were ready to go off with your head, uh, well, off my head. I mean, and, and 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 by proxy, or rather, off of Christian's head and by proxy, my head. When it was just a missed email, like that's it. And then everyone's like, "All right, cool, man. My bad. You know, surf going off the end or whatever, right?" <laughs> But 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 imagine But imagine what it would be like if Chris was like, you know what, fuck y'all, I'm done. Peace. You know his lifetimes, Yeah, that would be be insane.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember when that happened. I remember getting the emails of like, hey guys, like you need to access to the product. Like here's the email. But yeah, there's people that don't access. People just don't access the email, which I thought that was understandable. But obviously, people are quick to overreact. Yeah, I mean the other factor as well, like with presenting online personality, in any spectrum. I, I was telling people today, actually, this in regards to like finding a, like a partner. If you want to like improve your dating life, like you have to kind of make yourself attractive everywhere that you have a. Friend. <laughs> no, because you do. Like, well, you know, the question was, you know, this, this, this young this lady was asking, like, how can I meet like like a high quality guy? I'm like, well, you know, I mean, to like get very you know brass tacks with it, like, do you look like a high quality girl if I come find you on you know Facebook or Instagram or you know wherever you're at? know, like, like really though, no, like you know, I, that's I like, told so, like really like. Would, sure you look like, not like that. would you look like the lady of like, oh, this is an attractive woman. I might like to know. Or do you just, do you look like a hoe? You know, like, you know, like, which one let's be real. Which one is it? Yeah. You know, but relative to the internet, like people are always going to one judge you harshly, but two, they're also going to overestimate your behavior. And like you say a lot, there always is going to be an inference of what people think you mean with how you're acting. And that can be completely different from what you said, what you did, how you present yourself, there's always going to be that counter sort of, or not counter, there's going to be sort of that anti-reaction of like, how did you take that that way? But it will happen. And you have to to be aware of that. So those little missteps you make online, or big missteps, you can always assume people are going to react pretty shitty to them, at least in regards to how they react towards you. Like you have to know that.
1: Every time. And you know, when people, this has happened to me, or rather I've done this, I, I've read somebody's like shit, and I was in a, you know, for whatever reason, I was in a mood, and I read it in the mood, in my voice, because I can't hear their tone of voice. I can't even see their body language, you know, when they type it. It's just digital, whatever, right? Uh, I have no idea what they meant. So what I, what I what I've really trained myself to do, and this is a really interesting thing, because I don't think we naturally have this capacity, because why would we have needed it? When I read some words, I have to I, I, I detach myself and I read it maybe once or twice or twice or three times to go. Okay, what is it that they most likely are trying to say? And is there any way this could be taken as an an offense? Like they're, they're you know they're popping a shot, and you know if people just spoke plainly like "Yo, bro, I don't fucking like your face." Like okay, we can run with that, but they're, they're not going to do that. So. Well, but what I like to do, I mean, like, like I said, man, I probably lean on the lean towards. Uh, I, I try to understand people, man. Like, like, I don't like to pop off and assume that somebody's just coming at me crazy, and that they are. I like to assume that they just they had a bad day. Like, let's 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 see what's what's popping, what's cracking. But you know, uh, sometimes you gotta you, you 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 gotta cut them out. You got a like, you got a huge block list. I should probably block more, but I look at I just look at the interaction. And go, All right, man, what is what what are you trying to say? What can we can we communicate? Are you just trying to talk shit, uh, whatever? But a lot of times, you know, it ain't it ain't that bad. I'm 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 probably people keep calling me nice guy on the internet. Man. I'm not fucking nice, which is crazy. Like I'm like not even a nice. Maybe or maybe, I'm, maybe I don't think I'm nice, and I really am. But nah, no, man, I just try try and get these people to. To communicate, <laughs> have them communicate, use their words, you and, and speak clearly, you know. But to not have an emotional reaction to something, not to read what I say in their voice, and likewise, I got to make sure I don't read what they say in my voice. That's why I try and keep my, my voice even new.
0: Well, that's a new that's a neutral voice, or trying to have the neutral voice. Yeah, I, I yeah I. It's one of the the ironies or perhaps paradoxes of the uh, the digital world is that we have the ability to express ourselves all the time, but that does not necessarily make us better at expressing ourselves. You see this a lot. You see this on Facebook, Instagram. I think You see it in real life as well that even though we have all these means to sort of share ourselves with other people, obviously, all the devices, it doesn't mean people are good at it. It just means they can do it often. Yeah, <laughs> I I really find it interesting with, with discourse now, where I, I've had disagreements with people, you know, online, and you know, I know, and then I think that you know, in person that probably would not have gone down that way. But you have people speaking to, you, to each other two different ways, and I just myself trying to be more mindful of that, and like even when I write, you try to be, you know, over time, hopefully, if you want to really hone your communication ability, you try to be as clear as possible and express yourselves in terms that leave the least amount of room for sort of differential interpretation like you don't want people to be interpreting what you're saying differently you want to be interpreted essentially one way so you have to express it you know, as coherently as you can yeah but then if you don't do that or even if you do do that there's always going to be that counter-opinion that just arises because someone doesn't like it or they're they're triggered by it they project on it yeah and then that happens like that happens but yeah, I, I it's interesting you know, thinking back to when I was younger since yeah, like you remember being twenty, like you did not express yourself as good as you did at twenty. <laughs> you know, like you but know that but you thought, you did, thought you did. We thought we did, we thought we did, but we we know we didn't because we probably had interactions where it's like, God, that kind of did like, not
1: how work. that happened. Like, how did that
0: happen? What the like what the fuck happened? You know, thinking back ten years later you're like, Oh, Oh, I, I, I kind of can see why that happened. I, I, I kind of know why. I get it.
1: And you feel bad, and you send, and then you're up at two in the morning. You're sending Facebook messages to people you haven't talked to in 15 years, explaining how you didn't mean that shit. And they're like, "Mean what? I don't even remember you." Oh, we talked. You know, I kind of. What it haunts you because you know, because you, you feel like shit about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if that's just part of like adult. I, I think about a lot of these things now, like maturity. Like, is that part of this maturation where? You know, t- ten, fifteen years later, you feel guilty for shit you did. You know, or like, you know, because you think about it, and you know, maybe having a conscience, you're like, you know, that was just like that was bad behavior on my part. Yeah, you know, like I, I wish I could sort of say sorry to that person.
1: <laughs> you know, I went, I went through a very similar thing uh, when I when I stopped drinking. I mean, in fact, that that's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why I wrote the book because yeah. I was having these these episodes where I would just relive all the stupid shit that I did and how it affected people and, and how it made me feel warning and, and the things that went wrong. And right? And so like, like throughout the course of that book, I think I, I think I messaged like five people and been like, yo, just let, you know, you don't have to respond, but I'm just letting you know, you know, I, you know, whether you you called me out and we got into a fight and it made me, eventually I realized I was the one who was fucked up or like, sorry for, for putting you in this position. You know, it, you, you don't, at the time, you don't realize how bad a thing is or how it seems. And, and only when you look back, do you go, huh? And sometimes it's so bad, you're like, maybe I should reach out, right? And send a message off and be like, what's going on? And then other times you're like, nah, man, that, that dude was a dick. That like, you know, that's just 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 part of it. But that guilt is that guilt is is a uh, is a real son of a bitch. When you and and a lot of times it's not even it's 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 directed at you because who else? Because they really after a little while you or maybe you you haven't realized this or or maybe a lot of people haven't or are listening. People are very good at forgiving other people. Like, at the very least, it's probably it's probably more accurate to say they're better at forgiving other people than they are forgiving themselves. That stupid shit you did, as long as you didn't, like, really hurt somebody or alter them, they probably forgot about it and they didn't forget about it. They don't feel anything about it by now. But it's been eating you up. I mean, you can't let go of it. And so you start looking back at just I mean just little dumb things you said and whatever. And and said did but how, how it made you feel you because you, you're aware now. Now as you grow, you get awareness, you go, Okay, man, that's that's not acceptable. I can't be doing shit like that. And then like I I think I apologized to somebody I mean, like three times, man, for the same shit. Like you just <laughs> Because you get awareness, you you didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know, or you or or you weren't capable of knowing. i.e. um, uh, in an altered state of mind for for a seventy to eighty percent of the day.
0: Yeah, that's a really good observation. Human beings, if, if this is one of the things you just you learn being alive long enough, people are far harder on themselves than they are upon others. And ideally, I think you want it to be that way. If you are. Harder on other people than you are on yourself. There's always that, like that. That's that, there's always a discrepancy in a certain like le- legitimate level of hypocrisy to your interactions and expectations with people. Is you can't have low standards for yourself but high expectations for somebody else. You know, like you know, like you just said, people are usually forgiving of others just for the sake of not wanting to carry the you know sort of the burden, the emotional weight of holding a grudge, holding onto the anger, you know, being pissed off ten years later. Yeah, that, that's something I I talk about with like some of the younger guys, some of the younger cats that talk to us, and like they're, they're angry at their parents. Yeah, you know, like that's a common thing. Like they're angry at their dad for not being there. They're angry at their mom for being a bad mom, or they're angry, like they're angry angry at someone that was a parental figure. And you can use that a little bit as a motivator for yourself to take better care of yourself. You know, raise yourself. You know, to some level, but, you know, but at a certain point, do you want to stay pissed off at them when you're thirty, 30, Like, do you do you really want to have to endure that? Where in any given moment, if I ask you, "What do you think your mom?" It immediately pisses you off. Or, "What do you think your dad?" Are you? You're immediately mad as fuck. That son of a bitch. Like, do you want to hold on to that? You know, like, it's 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 interesting that way. Yeah, and right. people are forgetful. Like, that's error factor too. Like with forgiving, part of it's just forgetting. People yeah, tend to like that shit.
1: That tweet you put out about the parents, you know, I felt that in my soul, man. Like. When I was, when I was like 19, 18, we we go back a little even further because to understand the the lesson, you got to understand how I got in a position to even need to learn that lesson. And, and before I was 14, I didn't understand how fucked up my life was. Like, I knew it was messed up, like, but I didn't realize how messed up it was. You know, we didn't have the internet back then. So what you were exposed to is what you were really exposed to. I mean, you can see on TV, but you just showing that was people on TV. And that, that's that's not real life. And you knew that. But then I, I I I turned 14 and I go to a high school across town with a completely different group of people and and in classes with people in a completely different socioeconomic background. And I, I just got—I mean, I got to see what a fucking family looked like, man, and and what having food around and a safe neighborhood and stuff like—like like it was just a bunch of little stuff. I was like, wow, that's like, that's great. Like, pretty much, I like that's cool. I want that. And then over time, as I watched that and I, I compared it to like how I was, how I was raised and what I saw and brought up, I just—I gradually my, my from the my arc from like thirteen. To 18. You ever see that meme with that Muppet? And the Muppet starts out and then his face just slowly becomes angry. And then like this, so he's like, if mm, hey, you guys can't <laughs> see it, but I'm making it That was like, like at the beginning when the Muppet's face is like all like bright and he's just trying to figure out things. That was me at 13. At 18, I was at that I was an angry face, and that, that anger was directed at my mom I guess technically my parents, my dad was dead, but both dad when when I was 18, but at my, my parents and I was just like, I was like, why would you have me and put me in this circumstance and situation where I can do nothing and I've got to fight with so many of disadvantages. Whatever, right? And and finally like now when I was 19, like I remember I was at dinner and I said to my mom, I was like, yo, you were just abusive to us. And that's 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 why we we are messed up that's what's wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and then real after real. that, and then after that, every interaction we had was, uh was tense. And then eventually I said, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk to you. And then I, I didn't talk to my mom for a little while. And then I, you know, I came across this book. I talk about it all the time, A Course in Miracles. that they really introduced the idea of forgiveness to me. And I, I got to work practicing that. And then, you, you know, one of the things that, that, I realized and I had to intellectually take it and then it absorbed into me emotionally and viscerally. Was that, you know, my mom did the best she could. But that's all that's all she knew. I mean, it's not like she she got pregnant, was like, man, I can't wait to see how much nonsense, how like how badly can I mess this kid up? That wasn't what it was what it was. And it's not like and on top of that, you know, it's not like during good times, it was just a lot of bad and and a lot of residual effect of that bad. So so in that instance, you know, you, I couldn't forget it. I said I had to forgive. You know, I had to look at my parents and go, okay, they tried. It's not all bad. You know, I managed to dodge prison, so uh, I'm still I'm here. I can read. You know, and, and that sounds silly, right? I mean, it sounds like been funny, but but part of forgiving, especially in that that situation is when you're dealing with parents, whatever, is looking at the good things they did a little bit and then really building on that. And my mom actually, she's on my mailing list, which is hilarious to me. My mom is too. So so, she'll see see an email of mine where I'm referencing my childhood and it really bugged her for a while. And I was like, look, I'm going to be real with you. Uh... That is the life that that was given to me that I know, and that's what I learned from. And and for better or worse, you know, I took lessons from it, and there were influences I also had to overcome from it. But also, you're right. I don't I don't write a lot about the good shit that we get. So I actually devoted an email to to the to the good stuff that my mom, you know, taught me. You know, standing up for myself. My mom was the kind of mom. You know, I, I fought a lot on on the grounds where she was like, oh, they, they broke your ass. We're going to go up there. You're going to line up. We're going to fight. And I did a couple of times, man. And in, that, that shit is not like what a sound ending in the hood. I mean, we was kind of kids at that point. You know, my mom, you know, we got we got the phrase in my in my house growing up of uh, books of treasures, man. And to this day, I can't thought of well, Even if I wanted, like, I, I go donate it because my mom was real big on getting us to read. She, brought, she, she read a lot. And there was all these books around, so I read a lot of stuff like that, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know if this was intended to be a positive, but, but I was explaining this to a friend of mine the other day. I've had a house key since I was five because I had to come home from kindergarten when mom was at work, so I, I figured out how to cook and, and you know, look unsuspecting. Like I, I know how to not look like a target. Right. Even as a kid, you kind of pick that up and, you, you know, when you need to look like not a target either for different reasons, you look weak or you look strong, you know, the sort of the day and how to cook and survive, stuff like that. You know, it just it's just the. Uh, you focus on some good stuff and it it helps you forgive a lot of the other bad stuff, which like, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a book on this now forgiveness. And I, th- I just think that's such an important part of it. People get so caught up in the negative parts of of certain things that they can't let their mind look at a think, Okay, this was bad, but um, let's let's do the because look, I'm not saying hey, ignore the bad shit. Look, man, if somebody stole from you, I mean, you might have to put a beat down on them. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that. And I'm not you know I'm not going to use some cheesy like you know punch them in the jaw with love or some shit like that. Like, nah, what you're gonna have to do is get that money back and go, okay, I understand you stole this because you thought it was the right thing to do. Like, you thought it was going to alleviate the pain in your life. I know it wasn't, I'm going to steal from the, you and this dude and mess him up. But no, you you thought I was an easy worker You need to get it, right? And so even now, like that's just that that natural thought process to go, okay, man, I know you ain't do this to attack me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to take one of your fingers Yakuza style, you know? Like, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> <But> my...
0: <laughs> you know there's a, there's a time for absolution there's a time sir. you could say there's a time for vengeance when a, a wrong is done to you I, there's sort of a friend of a friend of mine um no you know not someone that's like a good friend but someone i know and she grew up with a dad that was absolutely tyrannical um super abusive physically like broke her arm when she was seven like put holes in like the family house And and from the outside looking in, like, look, they had a good life because, like, he was really wealthy. He made really good money. So, like, you know, she had, you know, sort of that rich upbringing that way materially. You know, but inside the house, like, she lived in mortal terror of her father. Wow. Um, And I'm remembering, it kind of, like, like stops me a little bit, but her her mom ended up divorcing him. Um, Like, he had to do it in secret because he was also, he was, like, a bad guy. He was, like, legitimately involved in criminal activities her mom had divorced some and then her mom actually like died shortly thereafter um it's like really a tragic, tragic situation you know but yeah you know, but despite that she went on to actually have get married have a good relationship like you know she has a husband now um and, like she's doing well like she's doing well she has like she has a good life for herself yeah you know, but she said for a long time she had like immense anger about that and yeah, like in the level of this distrusting man i'm like her dad was an absolute piece of shit human being like that, that's entirely justifiable for you to be you know, have a lot of hate towards the opposite sex that way that she had to sort of internally process because she realized that certain clinic like, wasn't healthy. You know, so I, th- I mean, I think about that situation and, you know, if someone, when someone grows up in that sort of environment with that kind of parental figure, I'm like, I can totally understand having, you know, sort of infinite rage, you know, we're like, I don't know what you do to solve that truly. Like that's going to take an immense amount of work, therapy, reflection, you know, active work. I'm like, that, that's a, that's a whole nother realm of let's just say uh you know, you know, pain that way. Yeah. You know, but, you know, for a lot of people, you know, you had a bad parent that, you know, maybe they did some good things for you. are saying, you have to put into perspective at a certain point, like you do. Like there is such thing as finding a lotus that grows in the mud. Was it all bad? Oh, I said that again. There is a such, thing, uh, there's a such thing as finding a lotus that grows in the mud.
1: Ah, oh, okay. You know, what? that reminds me of it. There was an old Simpsons episode where I guess uh, Lisa, it's like in the future, and Lisa gets married, and and she, to this guy, I think he's like a British prince or some shit, and brings him over to meet her family. And after meeting her family, he goes, "Lisa, you were like a flower that is grown in a pot of dirt." I
0: <laughs> think <laughs> I know the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I used to watch Simpsons, but yeah, no, it's it's true. Like you can you, know, you can have a shitty situation literally, and you can still get some good out of it. You know, but yeah, for, you know, for people who are listening, you know, maybe when they're trying, they're struggling with this, and like sometimes it's taking a step back from your own experiences and trying to view it objectively can be helpful. Was it all bad? Was all of it terrible? Or did it teach you enough to leave? It? Did it teach you enough to even reach the point we can actually reflect on it and think about what's done to you? If you can think about it, you can probably change something. You know, yeah. but you have that level of awareness, there at least the possibility exists that you don't have to keep reliving it, keep enduring it, keep you know, sort of being burdened with your with the bullshit that yeah, way. And most importantly, and not
1: recreating it. It is amazing how, like, until you, you know, on, on some like esoteric secrets of the universe type shit, it is amazing how until you learn from something until you really go man i get it uh that the problem continues to show up over and over and and over again it's almost like you can't move to the next level in life till you beat this level in in, in a very real sense not like some some platitudy sense but Mm like I, i remember like uh I I spent I spent the year, you know, yeah, double times I was broke until like I was twenty-eight ish ish, right? Same. And one of the things that just kept happening is I just kept being I'll put this in air quotes, surprised by bills. And the reality <laughs> is no one gets surprised by an eight hundred and ninety-four dollar boot on their car. Yeah, I owe taxes. Right. Yeah, know, well, like, oh, you, you gotta pay the government? What? Like you know, no no. So so until you realize that these things are happening and then and then learn from them but not just like, do something about it. It's gonna keep like how couldn't it keep happening? You know, I got I got I got a sister, it's it's hilarious. I I set my watch by it. Every every two years ish, she wants to talk to me about returning to school. And I'm like, you just, just, I say, pause. This ain't for you. If, it, if it's for you, you can lock yourself in a cage so you can just do this and see. I, like, fail going hard. Like, that was my that was my motto. When I went back to school, I said, if I fail, it's going to be because I'm a fucking idiot. Like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to learn and learn and learn. And if it doesn't go, it's, it's not going to be because I didn't try. It's going to be because I just ain't got it, you know. But I think it's more like she ain't trying. So I said, like, you know, go you go do something else because you're not getting the lesson. Like if you just keep repeating the cycle, get in debt. Decide you need to go do go increase your education so you're not in debt. Uh, give up, get in debt, do something, get in debt, and the cycle repeats. You you can't move to the next level. You got to break it, man. Uh, th- those cycles are very very real that happened to us and in and in finance in relationships if all your relationships pan out the same way like and not even a bad way but like in the same pattern Ooh. you should be like you like you that ability to sit back and objectively look at shit that's important you need to realize okay was it was it unlucky or do I just keep getting into the same like do I keep attracting the same kind of people they look different they act different but am I but but the common denominator is me, and I can't figure this out. People, people, are fucking clueless.
0: Well, that's always the infamous. Like, why does this always? Why, why does this oh,
1: why, I mean? happen
0: to me? I'm like, uh, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, you know, the, the term I, I always use, with people. Yeah, you know, there's like a level of sort of like cognitive science to this, but like the past will always try to prove itself. And this uh-huh. is this is like pretty well established, though. Like in regards to like neuro neurological science that. Once you get a behavioral pattern set, and that could be like an action that you do, waking up when you wake up and brush your teeth, that could be something that you think, that could be just how you react to things. Once that gets set and you start doing it over and over again, you got to think those things start linking up and, you know, coming together with each other. So you know, we, we think about habits as like simple shit, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like you know, like, like, like I said, like, what time do you wake up? You know, what's your morning routine? Like there, there's, there's like the simple shit habits, you know, like it's called like the you know, the medium duties is like Cicero would say, like just like the, the moderate basic stuff. There's also the complex habits too. Like how do you deal with people? How do you keep, yeah, you know, I was very in debt every year myself from like 2013, 14, 15, 16. And I remember the, the girlfriend I had at the time, like God bless her. She was, she's a good girl. She called me out on, she's like, Howard, like, she went, like, this is a girl being a girl, of course. She, like, went through my Facebook from, like, like back five years. And she's like, you said you were in debt in 2013, and then you got out. But how'd you get into debt again? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't have a good goddamn answer because she was right. I'm like, 13, 14, 15? I'm like, yeah, I have basically made money, then gone broke every single year for the last four years. Hmm. You're like, whose fault is this? You know, clearly clear it's my fucking it's fault. It's the economy, bro. Stop. It. you, yeah, it was my fault. But like, I had to check myself. I'm like, all right, like I'm making certain decisions repeatedly, over and over again, and I keep finding new ways to make the same decision, and it keeps giving me the same outcome. So I'm going to have to do things that will probably feel unnatural and you know, different that are totally like new to me that I don't like doing. But you know what? Three years later, I'm not broke. Yeah, you know, three years later, yeah, you know, like I'm, you know, like I'm able to afford like a a three thousand dollar a month apartment that. Three years ago, that was my whole monthly income. So, like, really shit's changed. I'm
1: I'm just happy that I can that I can eat whenever I want. Like, I'm gonna get off this this podcast and I'm gonna go grab a steak and salad. And I'm like, yeah, that's big, big flex, man. I learned my lesson because, right? Because the, that was like, you know. Do I eat? or Do I pay the rent? Or do I eat well and, and some cash money? Or that kind of thing. The, the, those are like miserable. But but it's different. I mean, you're in California, so so uh, the 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 floor is a little higher. Are this <laughs> for you to make? You can't really. You, it's harder for you to make mistakes. I guess maybe lower is that that better? Where you gotta make a certain amount before you feel it. like I guarantee you. Man, if I was in Cali, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like a, Dude, there's a whole big gate for pay industry out there, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> not serious. There's a gate for pay, but You know that's one of the things I like being in California, at least right now, the stage of life. You know, not that California is the greatest state in terms of how it's run. I mean, it has great weather, obviously. But you know, like living here, like even last year when I was like, I want to keep. I, I said this today, you know, talking to somebody, like one of the ways I challenge myself is like just do risky things or fifty fifty. You either you fail or you you ascend that level of being capable of doing it. And I remember when I first got like my own apartment because most of my life, you know, probably some of yourself. I just had roommates because I couldn't afford a yep. apartment. You get you get roommates. You you see little with the boys. And then it was like, all right, I'm gonna get my own apartment. And that was like sixteen hundred dollars. And I wanted to get like an on the water, you know, like a studio. Like I always wanted to live literally at the beach. And that was three K. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to like upgrade. You know, just keep upgrading my like the business I'm doing. And, you know, it, it's forced me to improve. It's forced me to get better. It's forced me to learn things I wouldn't otherwise learn. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, that's one of the things I think for guys that like live in, you know, sort of, I don't want to say third world, but like you know, Southeast Asian countries, Eastern Europe, whatever, the I mean, cost of living is so low that it gives you this illusion that you're and killing the game. Yeah,
1: that you go there and like, you're like, okay, well, how do you, uh, why improve? Like, now, if you, you go there, no, I mean, you're right. That, that pressure is very real. It's good.
0: Otherwise, yeah, how do, how do you get better? I mean, that's I, t- I told another guy that today, he's, like, struggling with his creativity. He's like, you know, how can you be more creative? I'm like, when's the last time you made yourself do something hard that you just yeah. don't know how to do? Like, or that you're not sure you can do? Like, when? when, when? You know, like, can you actually answer the question? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's been, I can't think of anything. Well, then, how are you going to be able to think creatively when you're not doing anything that tests your capabilities at all?
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, we should. We we're, we're going to end this one and and li- leave you guys with with that piece of of information and also something else about you. I, I hope I don't rant and go too long on this, but this is this really uh hit me hard. What you just said, the creativity. You know, people that want to be creative and. And want to express themselves better. It's really amazing how much easier it is going back to this whole podcast and kind of bringing this together. It's amazing how much easier it is to be creative when you've lived life and done some difficult shit. It's <laughs> no coincidence that the writers of all—you know—one of my favorite writers, Hemingway and Poe—those mm-hmm. two of my favorite writers. It's no coincidence that it was in the army. Fucking, fucking Poe ended up becoming a command sergeant major. He boxed anyway Boxed anyway, you know also anyway, was on the front lines of the war. These are hard. I mean, this is a hard time too in general. You know, forget AC. I'm sitting here hot because I can't turn the fan on, and I'm like, I why well, can't turn the fan on? That, that's not even an effing word. Electric fan with what's electricity? You know, but <laughs> but like difficult things force you to become better. In the entire, you know, the whole of your life, you, you you feel the most benefit in the particular area. Like like if I need to, for let's say, cut weight, for example, I want to feel the greatest benefit in my health and in my training. But I'll also learn how to be disciplined, how to how to deal with you know, recognize that just because it hurts doesn't mean that it's bad for me. How to stick to a schedule. Okay, you know. Get some some confidence, you know, whatever that gives me, and whatever that allows me to do. There's all kinds of preventable benefits to, to to doing something difficult that gets you in the physical world. I've been trying to figure out how to like define this best, and because because I just I do not I intuitively and it might just be a bias I do not feel the video games do it for you. You, you like you can be the best, a great video game player, and train, train, train but you're just a video game player. And I, and I think it's because of the sheer, ice, the, 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 the type of isolation you have to do. You know, you have to use your body when you come to the sport um, and interact with many other people in person and kind of be a sociable figure. And all that. even writing, if you were just a writer as opposed to a gamer, you still have to be likable, right? Because now we're talking about selling the things as opposed to just the, the skill set. Ah, but, but, you know, if any if any hardcore gamers are listening to this and they got to the end, you know, feel free to, to grill me, hey, yeah, let me know. Yeah, no, sure.
0: that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good way. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to say that. I'm like, I mean, I thought this myself recently, like what's like, you yeah, know, like the recommendations for people. But I, I think a way to sort of think about it would be the best way that you can use your time is to focus on those things in life where they improve your ability to perform both on the mental side and the physical side. If you can find something that develops both capacities relatively equally, where, you know, in improving physical performance and improve your mental performance and improving your mental performance that carries over into your, your physical, you know, task and, you know, how skillful you are. Those are the things that like, are going to give you the biggest return are going to be the most valuable. You know, are going to, you know, you know, give you the most to teach from, give you the most experience. That's the shit that you want to make a you know, sort of like a you know, center point of like your personal development. That's the kind of stuff. Those are the, those are the problems that people will pay you to solve. It's right. that stuff. Yeah. You know, the other the other things that little, that little niche stuff, where it's only one area. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then now you bring yeah, right. Because what, you, no one's even going to pay you. Going to pay me to pay to teach me how to play a video game, right? That, that is obsolete in the year, whatever. They're like, it's not. Yeah, exactly. There's no. I hate to say it; it's weird, you know. You know what you've learned has some value. We can at least teach it, but it's like there's a due aspect. This is this is something we'll have to think about and discuss later. Uh, this is a rich idea. I want to. I, want
0: to uh, I mean, it. I'm thinking about it too, but like I think about that with like the physical stuff, where you know, most of what people pay me for, it's not necessarily the exercise instruction. It's how to put it all together and like how to think about. It. There's always that intersection. Yeah, you know like where two problems meet. Like that's where the money is. That's where the value is. The far end of the problem, that's either really specialized, where it's just not worth talking about, or it's not really valuable because it appeals to such a small percentage of people. And if you go down that route, it's kind of it's kind of like almost like hardcore bodybuilding kind of thing. Like, yeah, the guys who, let's say like want to be, be professional bodybuilders. You can make probably make money off of your physique and all this stuff. You know, but at the end of the day, it's just an expensive hobby that you're doing. And, like, people go broke bodybuilding all the goddamn time. I go to Gold's Venice. There are guys that live in trailers outside the gym to go in there and get pumped up. Like, like, those things, you know, like it's a great hobby. It's an incredible hobby. I will look their body. But they went broke for it. You know, I think the same thing with, like, a lot of video game shit. Like, you when know, I think about it, and like, you can play this for fun, but you can devote your whole life to this. And are you going to – how many guys are making $100,000 a year on Twitch streaming games? Like, really, How many? Yeah, like really. Is that like is that a good use of time? Is this, is that a good use of time?
1: I'm gonna have to look that up because now I'm curious. Or maybe maybe we're fucking wrong. I don't know. But like that, that's you know, how I, that's what I think to think about it. You know what I say about things like this? I hope I'm wrong. There we go. I like like I want my world blown. I wanna look these numbers up and be like, holy shit. I, what am I doing with this whole personal development, personal branding thing? I need to open up a Twitch channel and have my titties hanging out. Like what in the world?
0: Is- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to end this. I'm, we're not going to end this here. This is funny, but I, did you see that on Twitter that I don't know who this chick is. Her name is Bella Delphine. She's like a gamer girl. Not too. I got a city. This. Okay. So she's like one of those like precocious looking girls. She looks like a, she's a teenager. Yeah, apparently she like makes like $100,000 a month. Oh, is this the thing yeah. where she said she was going to yeah. do porn? No, but she's sell- no it's- she opened a Pornhub account, but it's just regular photos. But here's the tip. Like I saw today, I'd like it just fucking cracking up. She's selling her bath water for $30 in these little jars. Like she's hustling these fucking Johns. <laughs> with fucking bathwater. Oh, butter, you, 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 you know what Tate said. with
1: his girls, you know, they're like, oh, buy these panties, and they just literally go buy some out the store, spray some perfume in it, and these guys pay like fifty dollars for them. It's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know that's a weird thing to think about. Because is she do? Is she like creating anything valuable? No. Like, no, no, all she's doing, uh, she I'll is hopping.
1: She, I, I'm not a hating a hustle. Yeah, no, <laughs> but in terms of efficiency, she is hopping in between the 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 transaction between the the male desire and sex, and she's like, let me attach dollars to this. That's, I mean, that's all prostitution is. I mean, but that's all. It, and, and let's be real, that's condo. of what that's That is what this is. I mean, at uh, at the very least, uh. You know, you're not going to go to jail for it, but you're not going to be able to sit and say, "Guess how I make money?" Like, they're not going to be able to talk about this at the family reunion. It's not, you know, not that kind of thing. So.
0: I mean that's probably, the, I guess, the value that you don't want to create. When you create things that are expedient based upon you, sort of like whoring yourself out, once you're gone, there's no value left.
1: Oh yeah, that that's a uh, Cam. me and Cam, well Cam knew, I got introduced to via yeah. uh, Cam. This this stripper and when I say cam I don't mean webcam I mean Cam Awesome got introduced to this stripper and he was saying that like I told her like you know you're you're not gonna wanna she was a nurse goes and does it like you know the money's coming too fast you're gonna get addicted to this and you like you cannot stay on and there's 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 no retirement game you know no old timers doing strippers right nope. that's that's it you out man. <laughs>
0: I man it's a feature of cam girls you just i mean that's, i guess that's just the game of prostitution and when you operate that way you do what's expedient you make your money then you get out because otherwise right you and
1: know load joint
0: time is unforgiving you know like unless you're gonna be a 45 year old cam girl yeah i don't know maybe those are, i'm sure those are good stew and we're, you know, we're probably there's probably a whole market for grandmas you know so the fuck do we know <laughs> yeah, that's a foul thing to think about but it's human perversion knows no bounds
1: yep yeah that's true all right, man. All right, well, guys. You guys have a good one, and thank you for tuning in, and we will see you on the next.
0: Adios, people. And as we, you know, as I said in the last one, you guys have topic suggestions. Hit us up, and we will talk about them.